gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Welcome to my Two Cents Podcast, episode 34, which is entitled Justified. Before I get to the topics of this week uh, episode, I'm going to read off the National Food Days of the week for this week of August 8th through the 14th. So today, August 8th, it is Frozen Custard Day, Zucchini Day, and International Beer Day. August 9th, Rice Pudding Day. August 10th, S'mores Day and Banana Split Day. August 11th, Panini Day and Raspberry Tart Day, August 12th, Juline Fries Day, August 13th, Filet Mignon Day, and August 14th, Cream Sickle Day. Now that I gotten that out of the way, I just want to state this right now: the top, the main heavy topic I'm going to really like dig deep into is Andrew Cuomo and his whole situation. But before I get to that, let me just talk to New York for a minute on being the big key city for being a big key city and also having two very important uh stories headline this week all about new york city one because of their governor and two because of their uh new situation that they have to deal with and the situation i'm talking about is uh new york city will require vaccination for indoors activities and this is coming from new york times as it reads new york city will become the first u.s city to require proof of at least one dose of a coronavirus vaccine for a variety of activities for workers and customers, indoor dining, gyms, and performances. To put pressure on people to get vaccinated, Mayor Bill de Blasio announced Tuesday morning. The program, similar to mandates issued in France and Italy last month, will start on August 16th, and after a transitional period, enforcement will begin on September 13th, when schools are expected to reopen and more workers could return to offices in Manhattan, Mayor de Blasio has been moving aggressively to get more New Yorkers vaccinated to curtail a third wave of coronavirus cases amid concern about the spread of the Delta variant. He is also requiring city workers to get vaccinated or to face weekly testing, and he has offered a $100 incentive for the public. If you want to participate in our society fully, you got to get vaccinated, he said at a news conference. It's time. This is going to be a requirement, he added. The only way to patronize these establishments is if you are vaccinated, at least one dose. The same for folks in terms of work. They will need at least one dose, he said, holding up a single finger. On Monday, Mr. de Blasio stopped short of reinstating an indoor mask mandate, even as large urban areas, including Los Angeles County, San Francisco, and Washington, and at least one state did so. He said he wanted to focus on increasing vaccination rates and was concerned that requiring everyone to wear a mask would remove an incentive for those who are considering getting vaccinated. Nationally, new cases have reached an average of about 86,000 a day as of Monday, a dramatic jump from about 13,000 daily cases a month ago, but still far fewer than in January. Hospitalizations have risen as well, but hospitalizations and death remain a factor of their devastating winter peaks. Basically, the gist of this whole 
article is that Mayor de Blasio is making sure that people in New York City, if you want to go indoor dining, if you want to go out to the gym, if you want to go to all these performances that artists and theater and Broadway, all these little performances that people are scheduled to show up at their venues, if you want to make, if you want to participate in all these things, you have to be vaccinated. You must be vaccinated. That's the governor's way that he wants to continue about life as it pertains to right now. Because right now, everybody's whole thing is everything's open. Everything's back to normal, quote unquote. But the thing is, you got to wear a mask or you're got to uh, be vaccinated. People want you to be vaccinated and wear a mask. But there's some skeptics like myself that still worry about the vaccination uh, process still worry about what they are putting into you whenever they give you these shots. But that's just my worryment and people like me. But I can't speak for everybody. People have gotten uh, the vaccines and certain people have came out with side effects and people haven't. It's all about your immune system, how it takes to those drugs that they are giving you. Now, for me personally, I'm not doing it, but I'm only speaking for me because, well, I'm a different case. My throat might swell up. I'm known as a sickly child in my family. And God forbid if I get the vaccine and I happen to pass away because of this vaccine, I'm going to be dead personally. But if I don't get the vaccine, I just stay masked up like I've been doing constantly since the beginning of this whole pandemic area, pandemic scene since they told us to wear a mask. Right now, I've been fine. I've been moving around constantly about my daily to day business, about my day, just constantly wear a mask when I go outside and I'm able to do everything I'm uh, everything I've been doing normally before. So right now wearing a mask is cool with me. It's fine with me. I've been brushing my teeth constantly. So, I mean, I don't be smelling nothing but my breath and I be chewing on minty gum. So, Hey, my breath be smelling straight, clean and fresh, fresh and so clean, baby. But if I was in New York, I ain't going to front. I wouldn't know what to do with this. I wouldn't because he's already saying by August 16th, uh, that's whenever it's starting the transitional period. That's whenever he's going to start like, okay, we're going to start having you get one dose by this time of August 16th. But he's going to reinforce that, like really reinforce like, hey, yo, you can't go into none of these places. These places are going to be hard pressed. Like, where's your card to show that you got the vaccine at least once? So anybody in New York, if you live in New York and you want to participate in the quote-unquote normalcy 2019 and years before. Get the vaccine so you can do that, but you're more than likely still going to have to stay, stay masked up. But people that don't want to do these type of things, uh, don't get the vaccine. Don't do it. Don't put your health at risk if you happen to be a sickly person. Don't put your health at risk because you have no idea what they're putting into your body, but I'm not going to say that for everybody. Do what's best for you. That's my big overarching point. Do what's best for you, but wear the mask. That is not going to hurt you. That's not going to hurt anybody else. If you wear the mask, you're just protecting yourself and you're protecting people around you. That's all you're doing. The mask can't do nothing harmful to you at all. Now, the vaccine drugs, that's a different story for different people. It's all about your body. But nevertheless, do what's best for you. But Wear the mask. That is always my main concern. Wear your mask so you can still move around about your day, day by day of that area. But if you do want to participate in the everyday night tonight dance club scene and all that type of stuff, 
which New York will be doing, and they have been doing, I suggest you get the vaccine so you can just go about that and do what you were doing before uh, COVID hit last year. Now that that has been taken care and cared away, let's talk about Andrew Cuomo and his allegations. And this comes from the New York Post. It reads, Cuomo could face criminal charges over aid groping claims, Albany Sheriff says. As it reads, the Albany County Sheriff says Saturday, there could be a couple of misdemeanor charges stemming from a criminal complaint filed by one of Governor Andrew Cuomo's accusers, an assistant who said in a new interview that what he did to me was a crime. He broke the law, the woman told the Albany Times Union and CBS News. Speaking for the first time since Attorney General Letitia James released the findings of an independent report Tuesday alleging the aide was one of the 11 women to have been sexually harassed by Cuomo. CBS This Morning will broadcast the full interview Monday at 7 a.m. The aide, identified as Executive Assistant Number 1 in the Scratching James Report, filed a criminal complaint with Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple on Thursday. During a Saturday press conference in Albany, Apple signaled he believed her. At this point, I am very confident and safe saying she is, in fact, a victim, he said. Apple empathized that his office investigation of the woman's account of sexual harassment was in the very infant stage. From what I have read so far, I can say we're floating around a misdemeanor. But that's just from the Attorney General's report, Apple said. We haven't had an in-depth interview with her. He said he had requested interview, well, he had requested investigative material from James' office and that the woman would be brought in for an interview. Fabian Levy, a spokesman for James, said the Attorney General's office will cooperate fully with the Albany Sheriff and will turn over all evidence related to this complainant. Similarly, we will cooperate with all law enforcement agencies as appropriate. The aide made the most serious accusation among the 11 current and former state employees, alleging in the report that Cuomo pulled her in for a hug and reached under her blouse to fondle one of her breasts in an executive mansion in Albany sometime in November 2020, possibly on the 16th of that month. For over three months, executive assistant number one kept this groping incident to herself and planned to take it to her to the grave but found herself becoming emotional in a way that was visible to her colleagues in the executive chamber while watching the governor state at a press conference on March 3rd, 2021, that he had never touched anyone inappropriately, the report says. The woman confined in colleagues who told senior staff members in the governor's office, according to the report. The governor's lawyers sought to cast doubt on the aide's account during a press conference Friday. Rita Galvin, the governor's personal defense lawyer, said evidence, including emails, contradict what happened the day the woman said she was groped, pinpointing it as November 6, 2020. This woman's story, as stated as fact in the report, is false. Galvin said the documentary evidence does not support what she said. But the aide's lawyer, Brian Primo, said after the press conference that his client did not recall the exact date the groping took place. She never said November 16th, and as far as the allegation that she wasn't there the day that happened, that's wrong. She was there the day he did what she alleged. She will further response. She will further respond in due process. Pro, promo, primo said.
The woman also alleged Cuomo grabbed her butt while they took a selfie together in 2019. Cuomo has denied the AIDS accusation, was spotted Saturday outside the executive mansion, walking with his dog captain while holding a phone to his ear. Now, if you guys understand this, like I understand it, at least in my own brain, Cuomo is now, well, hit with 11 uh, accusations of misconduct, and this one is apparently the most damaging because apparently and allegedly he grabbed her breast and he grabbed her butt. And right now they're saying that he can go into a misdemeanor, but they're trying to look deeper into uh, see if there's any merit to just to this or is there going to be just a distant misdemeanor or more things serious. What I don't understand this. I understand you're OK. Let me just play devil's advocate. I'm going to go with both sides of this. I'm going to take let's go with the woman's side. You are a person in power, okay? Why would you want to mess with your aides? Or why would you want to mess with women that work under you or work with you in the office? Why? Now, if you're a woman working for the governor, you would think, oh my God, I'm working for the governor. You're one more step to where you want to be either in power range or... You're just happy to be there because the pay is well and you might even have benefits. I don't I don't know these type of things, but I do know you're there. You're working there because one, you're going to get paid and two, you're next to the governor. Somewhere on the line, you can put that always on your resume. You work for blah state governor. You always can put that. It looks great on a resume if you're going for a type of job that you want. But OK, your boss, who is the governor, happens to grope you. Okay, and you are now trying to cope with this because women in gender studies classes have taught me that women in certain situations, whenever they are in, whenever they have faced with a very puzzled and shocking moments, as in somebody just grabbing your breast or just grabbing your butt out of nowhere, or if they're in a position of power, women are frozen and they don't know how to, uh, speak to someone they don't know how they don't know whether to say this to someone or not because they don't know and they have their brain they haven't really clicked all the dots yet they just know an incident just happened they want to go about their day and they're going to deal with emotions they don't know whether they feel sad or angry or cry about it because a lot of emotions are going all across their brain at that time but they're stuck in that motion and now they have to deal with the aftermath. Do I say something about it or do I don't? And a lot of the time women don't because, well, they don't want to lose their job in this type of situation. If you happen to lose your job, well, if you happen to say something to somebody, you might lose your job or somebody might say, nah, the governor didn't do that. He got plenty of other women he, he could do it with. Why would he want to do that to you? That's always the that's always the pushback that women always would get, especially whenever they deal with a man of power. OK. Now, that's the aid side. And she waited three months until she saw her alleged abuser at a press conference said that he never did anything. Uh, he never touched anybody inappropriately. So now you, as a person that he touched inappropriately, have to come. Well, you can either still stay silent or you can come out and decide to say, you know what? No, he touched me inappropriately and I want this to be told. And apparently, CBS, tomorrow morning, remember tomorrow, Monday, you have to watch it, and I will be watching personally just to see what 
she says or what type of new information will be coming out because trust me i'm i'm going to be staying on this topic a lot i want to stay on this topic and i want to cover this topic a lot because this is very very important a governor touching uh his aides and his assistants and that are just being he's he that's that's nasty that's real nasty let's just be honest with it but okay getting back to devil's advocate here he sees she sees her abuser on press conference, saying I never touched nobody inappropriately, and then she comes out and says, no, he touched me inappropriately. Now you're standing with all these other women, and now the deputy chief of a county is now going to be looking more into your case and going to be wanting to have a talk with you, and you're going to now talk to him about that. And we haven't gotten more into that because, the, as I just read, the officer hasn't talked to her yet, but he wants to talk to her to get information out of her and then so he can start digging and digging and getting information and the evidence that he needs to click click on Cuomo now let me play devil here if you have been touched by a person of power okay why haven't you come out it's always the burning question that's always going to be the why I don't care if you're a man you're female you're a person in power, you're a person not in power. If you happen to be touched by somebody, the first question is always going to be the why. Why is the most powerful question because that holds all the reasons when somebody gives you, when somebody asks you the question of why. They're looking for your reason. So they're going to wonder why you didn't say something. And I just stated certain women might say, well, they were afraid to lose their job or certain people might not believe them. Still, as the devil advocate side here, you must tell somebody as this happened. When this happened, you can't freeze. You can't be frozen. Yes, you can be frozen in the moment, but you have to say something or you have to take this. You have to take control of the situation as soon as it happens. You can be frozen because everybody gets frozen. It's been a movie. Somebody got shot. Somebody be froze for a quick second and then they shoot back. Or somebody gets stabbed, and then they get stabbed, and they just realize that they got stabbed, and they stab somebody back. Or if they can, they can try to stab somebody back. Like I said, everybody gets frozen within a certain period of time. But after that time, what you do with it is all on you now. And the devil advocate side, remember, this is me playing devil's advocate here. You have to say something as soon as you snap out of the shock phase. As soon as you step out of the shock face, you got to say something, because if you don't, you're giving somebody the opportunity to do this to somebody else. And I know it's unfair to say you're doing this like you're giving somebody the opportunity because you're going to say, Joe, that's not fair. Everybody, that's not on me. No, it's not on you, but you are almost help contributing to it because you have been a, a victim of this and you don't say nothing about it which is leaving this person out wide in the open to do this to somebody else. At least if you say something, you can always say, hey, I said something. You guys didn't take my word for it. Hey, that's all on y'all. Just like everything else. You tell somebody what happened, and then it's all on them whether they believe you or not. That's always the case. You have to say something. And Cuomo, hey, dog, you are out here, bro. Like I said, I talked about this. I don't know. I talked about you and getting, like, alleged a couple months ago. And I talked about the photo of him grow, holding a, a girl's face at a bar. And her face looked in shock and him, like, coming in for, I don't know if it was a kiss or whatever. But that photo looked nasty. 
again. I don't know what's up with Cuomo. I don't live in New York, and I don't personally pay attention to politics. I only pay attention to politicians or anything of that nature whenever they come out to do some nasty things. Some evidence or some news come out to state that these guys are some nasty, these guys and gals are some nasty people. Because it's not always guys that happen to do some nasty Certain women in this country and certain women in politics do some nasty stuff, too. So that's why I had to include gals as well. But right now it's Cuomo. Cuomo, you got to you got to do something, bro. If you didn't do this, you got to have your lawyer on speed dial. You got to have your lawyers working diligently. And I mean, fast paced and everything. Give them every piece of information that you have to dispute this woman's claim. Because right now. As this sheriff has already said, hey, right now we got a misdemeanor, but if we go and look deeper, we can get something else. And more than likely, if they get something else, he's going to face some serious criminal charges. I don't know what type of criminal charges he could face. I don't know. Not offhand. But if they happen to plant him like some type of sexual harassment and like some real serious sexual harassment charges, he might face some time in jail. Might. Keyword in that sense is might. But then again, who knows? He's the governor still right now. He hasn't stepped down or anything. So right now he holds some power still in his office. And I would think if you are being like alleged for a crime or something, I think you should have your power like froze. Like whenever you are being into a lawsuit and you're like a lawyer, a.k.a. Tom Girardi right now, they frozen his bank account. He can't get no type of money out. I think that whenever you're a governor and you're like in a high seated position and you're facing like an allegation like this and they looking into your stuff. I think you should be frozen out of your power right now. You can't be going into these meetings. You can't do nothing. You're just right at home, sitting at home, dealing with your lawyers right now because your life is being turned upside down because of something that you allegedly did. And now it's up to you to try to fight whatever this person has done and said about you. It's up to you now to prove that this woman is lying or this person is lying about you. And it's up to that person to also prove that, hey, yo, I'm not lying. I'm going to give you all the evidence and all this and all that. Only time will tell and the truth will come out. Somewhere, somehow, the truth will come out about Andrew Cuomo. But besides Andrew Cuomo, remember there was an episode that, no, it still went along with the Cuomo situation. I talked about how his brother, Chris Cuomo, is uh, he didn't talk about it on CNN, how CNN just like didn't like let Cuomo talk about it. Chris Cuomo this time talk about his brother's whole situation. He, he talked publicly on his own television show that saying that he couldn't talk about it because there'll be a conflict of interest in that's his brother. Now, I got more information about why this was a big conflict of interest. And this is coming from Yahoo's. Uh, news, which they got their information from NBC News. And it says sexual harassment reports sheds new light on how CNN's Chris Cuomo ad advised his brother. As it reads, state prosecutors sheds new light Tuesday on CNN anchor Chris Cuomo's involvement in managing the response to the sexual harassment scandal surrounding his brother, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Chris Cuomo was in the governor's inner circle as they developed talking points and strategies in late February as accusations threatened the three-term governor, according to emails and text messages made publicly by investigators for New York Attorney General Letitia James. In May, Chris Cuomo admitted having 
had inappropriate strategy talks with his brother and vowed to steer clear of the network's coverage of the governor. Tuesday's report from the Attorney General hinted at the death of the strategy consultations. According to the report, in a February 27 chain of messages to other Cuomo allies, political consultant Les Smith wrote, I don't love that part, but Chris slash Andrew wanted in and Chris wants to make sure we have enough contradiction in here. Smith did not definitively identify Chris as being Chris Cuomo, but the messages align with others suggest he is reported to have made about messaging. Chris Cuomo was copied into a series of February 27 emails from Governor Cuomo's communications director, Peter Ajiman, and his chief of staff, Josh Valesto, to other top aides mapping how they should delectively handle allegations by Charlotte Bennett. They seem to agree that the best strategy would be to praise Bennett as a hardworking and valued member of our team while denying her allegation. It also appeared that Chris Cuomo played a role in writing the overall response Governor Cuomo issued on February 28th as the sexual harassment allegation reached an apex. In an email at 3.20 p.m. Eastern Time on February 28th, Velasco replied to an email from Chris Cuomo that included language that would be that would largely made up a statement issued later by the governor. Questions have been raised about some of my personal interactions with people in my office. The statement attributed to Chris Cuomo's emails said, I spend most of my life at work and colleagues are often also personal friends. I never intended to offend anyone or cause any harm. The email continued that sometimes I am playful and make jokes. Adding, you have seen me do it at briefings hundreds of times. My only desire is to add some validity and banter to what is very serious business. Later that day, Andrew Cuomo posted a statement addressing the allegation on the governor's official website. Let me just break this down to you. Chris Cuomo helped out his brother, all right? Chris Cuomo, who works for CNN, helped out his brother, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, in this whole allegation fest. Now, if you're a journalist major or you are working in journalism, you know that this is a conflict of interest, and Chris Cuomo already talked about it on CNN. This is a complete, this is the big, this is the biggest conflict of interest people have. If you're a relative or somebody that you know are part of the news, you can't cover that at all, because you will somehow, either in your tone, your look, something about you will depict how you feel about your relative or whoever it is that you know in that story, it will come out either in your eyes, your demeanor, your tone, something. Something of your opinion will come out in that news story that you are reporting. And as a journalist, as a news reporter, as an anchor, as a person on the anchorman desk, or whatever you want to call it, you can't allow your opinions to roll out on the news. You're not supposed to. Let me put it like that. You're not supposed to. A whole lot of anchormen, women and women and men are doing it. They're allowing their opinions to come out. You're not supposed to do that. As a person in journalism, you're not supposed to ever allow your opinions to come out. You're just supposed to state the facts and give it off to the people watching your show or give it off to the people that are going to be reading your uh, briefings or reading the statements that you have on your website or whatever, however you want to place it to give it out to the news. Well, give it out to the people. You're never supposed to put your opinions in. Never. That is... A big conflict of interest. That is something that's a big no-no in journalism. Now, Chris Cuomo, he's already said that, yo, that's my brother. I'm going to have feelings about this. So that's the reason why I've never talked about this on CNN and 
I will I want to keep this an open platform and open uh, public for you guys that are watching me on CNN. I want to keep this. Uh, I want to keep this a uh, open chain of communication between myself and you guys, the viewers. That is what he told his viewers some months ago. Whenever this whole thing popped up about his brother, the allegations came about. Now, since the allegations have come out. And since this report has come out that he knew about this and that he helped his brother out, I'm not sure how CNN is going to feel about Chris Cuomo. I'm not sure if they're still going to allow him to be on the uh, booth or they're going to allow him to still be an anchorman or they're still going to allow him to be a guy on CNN. More or less, they'll probably still allow him because he didn't like break any new like break any rules. Technically, yes, he was a part of the story. I believe somebody on CNN will probably cover him about that i think somebody on cnn will cover uh chris cuomo one of our one of our colleagues have has helped out his brother andrew cuomo there has been reports coming out i think something like that will come out and somebody on cnn will say something about that whenever chris cuomo goes away this week and yes he uh said on his podcast that he has with his uh cnn fellow cnn anchorman don lemon which is called the handoff uh he reported that he is going to be taking a week-long vacation. And this is coming from Washington Washington Journal. As it reads, CNN anchor Chris Cuomo said Friday he is taking a week-long vacation days after a new report detailed his role as an advisor to his brother, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who faces allegations of sexual harassment and pressure to resign. Mr. Cuomo said he was planning to spend the next week with his family at his home in Long Island which he says he does every year at this time as part of his birthday celebration. Mr. Cuomo made the remarks during the handoff, a public affairs broadcast podcast that he co-hosts with fellow CNN anchor Don Lemon. I'll be fishing, Chris Cuomo said. I'll be hanging out with you, and I'll be making memories with the kids, and I'm looking forward to it. See, right there, you already, see, that's already going to be putting some doubt in people's heads right there. If everybody does know, if this thing was to be, like, ballooned up like everything else gets ballooned up from time to time chris cuomo is going to be on a week-long vacation yes he's still going to be doing this podcast with his uh fellow cnn brethren don lemon but he's not going to be on cnn television at all so i think cnn is going to take this time right now i think cnn is going to really like put it into their viewers head okay chris cuomo is not here yes he has allegations about him helping out his brother and all this type of stuff and yada, yada, yada. But I believe they're going to do something like that and also say that CNN uh, did not know nothing about this and or some along those lines to just keep their butts in the clear. OK, I believe CNN does that because CNN is big business. CNN is a big corporation and they need the money and they're not going to try to lose any money just because uh, one of their anchormen uh, was caught out in a scandal with their governor brother which if anything i think cnn will probably use it in a better game because if anything that will want to bring people to your uh corporation to watch your broadcast to see who's going to say something and then whenever chris cuomo comes back from his week-long vacation wink wink nudge nudge if he comes back and when he comes back is he going to say something about this? Because he has to say something. Because there's no way he's not going to be able to say something. I believe he's going to speak about it. Because as he said in his last time he had to cover anything of this nature. He open. He wants to keep this open line of communication between himself and the public. And he likes to tell people the truth about things. And he admitted that 
Andrew Cuomo is his brother, and that's his brother. He couldn't talk about it because that was his brother, and it was a conflict of interest. But now, since he's included in this whole big, gigantic story, I wonder how he's going to like say something about it. I do wonder that. That is a big key factor. I'll be watching CNN at least whenever I'll be watching. I'll be. I'm going to tune in to certain segments of certain things just to see if somebody's going to say something. If they don't say nothing about it, I'm going to be completely like heartbroken. Not really heartbroken, but like figuratively heartbroken because that's something CNN should do. CNN should do it to cover their butts, and they also should try to do it to gain money and try to just like bring about like audience uh, participation or something. But now both Cuomo's are in this boat. Both Cuomo's are going to have to deal with this. Chris Cuomo, in the instance that he's going to have to answer the CNN while this whole while his vacation is on, he's definitely getting phone calls from CNN, and they're basically going to be chastising him on this. I wonder, does Chris ever tell CNN that he helped out his brother? Because if he didn't, CNN's definitely going to be calling him during this quote-unquote vacation of his. He's going to be taking a whole lot of uh, phone calls from CNN because people on CNN are definitely pissed off. There's no way you're not upset, especially if you're a big uh, corporation like CNN and one of your anchors are in a big scandal like this. There's no way you're not upset at your anchorman or whoever is in that scandal. There's no way you're not upset. So I wonder if CNN going to call him and what type of uh, call he's going to get. Or is he going to get a pissed off uh, executive calling him this week? Or is he going to get one of their people chumming it up with them and say, hey, we can take care of this? Those are the type of phone calls I'm interested in because those are the backstage handshaking deals that we never, ever get to see as the public. And we always will speculate. There's always will be conspiracy theories about what type of business uh, is going on behind the scenes of this and that. But this one is very, very interesting because CNN, like I said, it's a big company. Chris Cuomo is a big name in the uh, journalist field, at least in the area of anchorman position. And his brother is a governor of New York City, the big one of the biggest uh, states in <laughs> he's he, New York is the biggest uh, state in America. Just going to be blunt. Just going to be point with it. Now you want to try to sugarcoat it is the Mecca. It is what it is. New York is so nice. They had to say it twice. New York, New York. Let's be honest. But he's the governor of that, and he hasn't even resigned. So I wonder, has Chris Cuomo talked to his brother about resigning? I mean, there's so many questions to this that we will not get answers to, but it is so delectively delicious to try to figure out what the deal is. And the reason why, it's, reason why I am saying this is justified is because there have been allegations about Chris Cuomo. Not Chris Cuomo, but Andrew Cuomo. And how do you not have... I mean, what I'm trying to get at is this. Andrew Cuomo got allegations. He has photo leaked around of him holding a female colleague by the face. So right now, all these allegations technically are justified. And it puts some speculative doubt. It puts some doubt on what Andrew is basically saying. That he never did this. He never did that. No, dog. You can look at that photo, and dude, and you can kind of depict, okay, yo, man, was wilding holding onto a girl's face. That piece of evidence at least leads in and gives credence to all these women's accusations. And especially now with this woman, this one woman coming out and saying that, hey, yo, he did grope me and he grabbed my butt. Andrew Cuomo, let me just say this. If you did do this, and I'm going to use if, 
if you did do this, why? Why would you do it, bro? Come on, you can't be a creep out here. I understand that powerful men think they can do everything. Dude, we got to kill that narrative. We got to. Yes, you guys can get away with tax evasion. You guys can get away with the money figures. Yes, you can get away with it. But in this time and age, you cannot get away with doing certain things that you used to do. Yes, back in the day, men could get away with, like, touching a woman's breast or grabbing them by the butt. And they'll probably just get, like, slapped in the face or something. But now, nah, dog, y'all can't be grabbing a woman's butt or grabbing a woman's breast or trying to grab her by the arm or something. Because a woman will say, yo, I got sexually assaulted, I got sexually harassed, I got all this and all that. You can't even catcall no more. And in the movies back in when I was growing up, at least in the early 2000s, catcalling was in certain movies. And that was just like, okay, you saw a dude catcalling, you just like, all right. You saw a woman either A, give him some play and actually did like the dude that was catcalling or either B, she got was utter disgust. But that is one side of this whole situation. Andrew Cuomo being a nasty, nasty man and a leader in a high position spot. Another idea is if she is not telling the truth which i don't think that you would be faking this i'm not gonna front if you faking this you you are completely wrong but i'm gonna say this right now i don't think that she is i need to see the evidence to uh prove that she was making this up because she didn't give a date she hasn't given a date the cuomo team gave a date about and they say november 16 2020 but she hasn't given a date so we will see about that whole situation. Like I said, I'll be paying attention to this. The main questions I do have that I do want answered is what will CNN do with Chris Cuomo? Did Chris Cuomo tell his brother to resign and just shut up and don't say nothing? Let your lawyers talk. And has Andrew Cuomo talk to his lawyers and say, hey, yo, we need to throw dirt on this woman's name because that's the usual tactic that a lot of people will do. We're going to throw dirt on her name, we're going to throw dirt on the accusation because once we find out who she is, we're going to start straight up just throwing dirt, throwing out news uh, stories saying that she did this or she was, she had this said in her past and we're going to start focusing on what she said in her past. Hey, I'm just interested in all this because this is big, big business. This is big politics. This is big because now you got people in higher positions not rocking with uh, Andrew Cuomo. You got people that are in the Democratic Party saying that he needs to step down from his position. And Andrew Cuomo is just bat- not even backing down from them. He's saying, nah, I'm not giving up my seat for nothing. So, again, this is a good case of who's going to outlast who. Is Cuomo going to outlast his uh, his accusers and the people that are in office that are on the same party as him? Or... Will Cuomo have to back down and say, you know what, I'm resigning, but I'm still going to be fighting the fight? Or is he going to give up the fight completely and just admit that he did do these things? These are the questions that will have to be answered. But as of right now, there's just a lot of questions, no answers, but I will be sticking on top of this whole situation when new, like, interesting uh, developments come out. I will be covering those more later uh, in further future episodes. Now, the next topic I wanted to talk about is I want to give an update on the Amber Geiger case. And the Amber Geiger case, again, if you do not remember, Amber Geiger was the Texas uh, police officer who shot Bolteen Jane in his apartment when she thought that she was walking into her own apartment, which her department, her 
apartment was on a completely different floor and she just shot Bonteen James Wright in the chest while he was eating ice cream, minding his own business. And the news story that they're talking about is her uh, Amber Geiger trying to appeal the murder charge. And this information is coming from The Hill. And the title reads, Texas Appeals Court Upholds Murder Charge for Ex-Dallas Cop Who Killed Her Neighbor. A Texas state appeals court on Thursday upheld a murder conviction against an ex-Dallas police officer who was accused of fatally shooting her neighbor. The 5th Texas Court of Appeals upheld a murder charge against Amber Geiger for the 2018 fatal shooting of Botine Jean, according to a copy of the ruling published by CBS DFW. Geiger, who lived one floor below Jean, mistakenly entered his apartment thinking it was her own. She shot him thinking he was a burglar when she found the door open after returning home from work. Geiger appealed the ruling last year, arguing that she was acting in self-defense and mistaking the apartment for hers was reasonable and not amount to murder. But prosecutors countered that she intended to kill Jean, noting she shot him in the chest while he was sitting down on his own couch eating ice cream. All arguments in the appeal was heard in late April. In his ruling, the third judge panel said there was sufficient evidence to support the jury's verdict. The panel said it was undisputed that Geiger intended to kill Jean because that's what she testified in court. However, that she was mistaken as to Jean's status as a resident in his own apartment or a burglar in hers does not try, does not change her mental state from intentional or knowing to criminal neglect, the judge wrote. We decline to rely on Geiger's misperception of the circumstances leading to her mistaken belief as a bias to reform the jury's verdict in light of the direct evidence of her intent to kill. The ruling continued. Geiger can still appeal the ruling to the Texas Criminal Court of Appeals, according to the Associated Press. The case garnered national attention during the circumstances around Jean's killing. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed Botine Jean Act into law in, July, in June, which requires officers' body cameras to be active through the entirety of an investigation that involves them. And that's from the Capitol Hill. Now, just before I get into the Amber Geiger thing, I never knew nothing about the Botine Jane Act, and I never knew that officers weren't required to be to have their cameras uh, active through an entirety of an investigation that involved them. I thought the cameras on an officer was supposed to be on all time. If the cameras on them are not on all time, why are they not? Why why do they have the cameras? Why do they have the cameras on? Period. It makes no sense how you allow your officers to have cameras on them. That was intended for them to be on all time. And now you're telling me that they're not on all time. And now you guys put into act that AO, they have to be on all time through an investigation involving them. Your camera's supposed to be on all time, ladies and gentlemen. When you have a camera on you and you are in a high stakes uh, life or death situation job, quote unquote, like police officers like to say a lot about their own job. And I'm not going to and I'm not going to crack on all officers because some officers do. Some officers are do-gooders. They are strictly by the book. They do not try to shortcut nothing. They do follow everything by the book. And even though certain officers aren't that way, we shouldn't try to uh, put all officers in the exact category. However, I'm going to continuously put officers all in that same category because a lot of good officers are not speaking up about bad officers. That is never that a lot of that doesn't happen. 
You get the black community to speak up on a black person whenever they do wrong. You get the Hispanic community to speak up whenever somebody does wrong in their uh, community. But you never, ever get the police community to say something wrong about a police officer when they do wrong. The only time that we gotten that is literally the uh, George Floyd case whenever you got EMT workers, you got police officers and other counties and even in his own district saying, yo, that wasn't right or this and that. But even then, and even in his own district, in his own police, uh, Derek Chauvin's own police apart- department, you still had officers rallying with Derek Chauvin. That is crazy. But anyway, I'm going to get off of that. You stay on this Amber Geiger thing. Amber Geiger said that she took responsibility for shooting Botine Jane in the court whenever she had her trial. She took responsibility for that. She knew that she shot him and she thought that he was a burglar, but she does take responsibility for shooting Botine Jane. My question is, however, you take responsibility for it, but you don't want to like sit in the hole, sit in the jail cell for doing what you have done. As the old saying goes, you do the crime, you gotta do the time. So she did the crime, but she doesn't want to do the time. She's trying to appeal that uh, sentencing, which in my recollection, I think she only got like five years for taking a man's life that supposedly she thought he was a burglar in her home. Let me look this up. Hold on one second, guys. I looked it up and she got 10 years for killing a man. 10 years, but I want you to hear this. She's eligible for parole in September 2024. So that is four more years from now. She just got sentenced literally last year. Uh, No, no, not last year. Two years ago. And 2019. But it still doesn't... (laughs) She got sentenced in 2019. She was sentenced to 10 years for killing a person that was not... In her, in her apartment, she walked into his apartment. I don't care. I'm not going to go into a rant because I got to make an apology after after I get all my topics done. I got to make an apology. Let me just keep that in mind and say that right there. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have to make an apology to you, the audience. But I will do that after I cover all my topics. Um, Amber Geiger has been sentenced to jail for 10 years. She's eligible for poor parole in 2024. That is five years later after she gets sentenced. But she was sentenced to 10 years, eligible for parole after serving five, and then she can, her whole, if she doesn't, she has to still wait until the 2029. And then she'll be eligible, then she will be actually be able to be free of jail, which she more than likely will be getting the parole of 2024 because she, if anything, she's going to be sitting in the jail cell, not doing anything wrong because she knows that she will be able to be getting out of that jail cell. How are you able to sit down in that jail cell? You took responsibility, right? But you don't want to do the time. Yes, that is uh, so condescending. That is so, uh, what do they like to call it? What's that word that I'm looking for? Uh, mm, 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 mm. Hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. As a former officer, you would book people, you would put people in jail and all this and all that because they did a crime and now they got to do a time. You have now did the crime, but you do not want to do the time. You're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite as a human being. You're a hypocrite as an officer, which, a.k.a. a lot of officers don't ever want to go to jail because they are afraid of going in and seeing the people that they locked up and sent here. But I digress. How are you able to go to jail? 
you took responsibility for it. Congratulations. But you're in there for 10 years, which isn't a lot necessarily whenever you got people in jail for being in jail for just dealing out marijuana or some type of chemical substance, and they got longer terms than you do for taking a person's life. They're only selling a substance to somebody, and that person is all up to them. If they want to buy it, they can buy it. And it's all up to them. If they want to use it, they use it. That's all on them. I can never ever blame a drug dealer because a drug dealer is just trying to make money. I'm just going to be real with you guys. I can't blame a drug dealer because a drug dealer is trying to make money, which Uncle Sam has now making money off of marijuana. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Again, big money controls everything. Um, Amber Geiger is in jail. 10 years. I'm going to constantly break that in and just constantly nail that into your head for taking a man's life that he did not expect to die that day. He wasn't in her apartment. He was in her in his own. And she walked in on him in his apartment. And he happens to die. And she only gets 10 years for this. That is a atrocious. That's a monstrosity. But hey, the court system has to deal with that. And again, this is a monstrosity amongst itself. But hey, the legal company, the legal uh, law system did get a W because she is not going to be. She's in her appeal did get thrown out. And if anything, she's going to try to appeal it again. I guarantee you because she does not want to stay in that hellhole that she is called jail. But hey, once you do the crime, you got to do the time, Amber. You got to sit there and rot like the rest of them. But you're not going to be rotting that long because you will be getting out. In another four years, no, 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 in another three years, I'm sorry, in another three years, because we're in 2021, in another three years, in 2024, for good behavior. I guarantee you, watch this, you're going to remember this, and I'm going to bring this back in another couple years, whenever this whole parole thing happens. Watch, if she gets out on an appeal, I'm going to bring this up, because dude, this is not fair at all. It's not fair that she is sitting in jail for that short a period of time, while people are in there for doing narcotics or selling narcotics, and they're in there for a longer time than than her. Hey, but that's for that's for another thing for another day. I'm not going to go into that. I'm in a happy, festive mood. But I just wanted to keep you guys updated on the Amber Geiger case, just to keep you guys informed. Now that that's out of the way, I want to bring you back to something that I talked about last week again. I talked about Conor McGregor saying something foul about Khabib Nurmagomedov's father, right? Khabib happens to go on to Mike Tyson's podcast, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson, and he talks about Conor McGregor. But I'm just going to play this. I'm going to let you guys listen to the clip of what I'm talking about. And this is Mike Tyson, Henry Cejudo, and Khabib Nurmagomedov. And Khabib happens to talk about Conor McGregor. I'm just going to let you guys hear this, and then I'm going to give you my response to it. Khabib had mentioned, and I've, if you don't mind me talking about it, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, Khabib had mentioned it's like it's 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 good over evil when he was fighting Poirier when when McGregor fought Poirier, and he says uh, good will always prevail. Connor's crazy ass. He he wrote was like yeah man, it's good versus evil, and then he says something about along the lines that kind of COVID kind of took your dad in that sense, like going below the belt. You know what I'm saying? But something that I will say about that, your dad has always said that at one time at one point. He would invite Conor McGregor to a barbecue, man. No, is it's that, like my, my, my dad was like different level, yo. About like this situation, he always like, his heart was like so like clean, you know. You know, only evil can talk about your father, like wife, kids, religion. Like if you're normal, like human, you're never going to talk about this stuff, you know. 
Conor McGregor happened to got wind of what Habib said. And Conor happened to tweet out, I want to eat his children. When's the last time he's ever seen them, actually? His wife, mother. How about you go spend some time with your kids and family for a change and keep my name out of your mouth before you get trapped somewhere again? You might not be so lucky next time. And he's talking about the incident of whenever uh, Khabib and other UFC fighters were on a UFC tour bus and Connor and his group of people start throwing things at the tour bus and Connor having to even grab like a dolly and throw it into the uh, tour bus and it busts like one of the windows and certain fighters got like uh, some markings on their arms. Certain fighters got having to bleed from the glass, like tearing a little bit of their skin off and all that type of things. Connor is a wild boy. Let me put it out there. As we all know, Connor is a wild boy, and Connor is starting to derail after losing against Dustin Portier. Connor is losing his mind, and I promise you now, somebody has to do something because I'm saying it right now. If Khabib happens to go against him, I'm gonna say this again. If Khabib happens to go against him, it's gonna be a problem. Khabib is a nice, polite guy. In every interview, he's always nice and polite. He is civil, and he doesn't like playing the whole politic game. He doesn't like playing the whole, uh, let's try to uh, sell this up, sell this fight up. No, Khabib was always about, I'm going to do my respect. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to win. If I win, if I lose, I lose. He always carried himself with class and dignity and respect. Connor, not so much, as you guys all know the antics of Connor McGregor, and you just heard what I uh told you about him throwing a dolly into one of the um, UFC tour bus windows. He is not that sane in the head. And I believe him, he's having a spiral because he hasn't won in a UFC fight in some time, but he's paid out the wazoo. And I think that he doesn't know what he's going to do. I think he's, uh, I'm not going to say he's losing money, money, but I think that he is not in the best i he's not in the best uh mental mind state connor doesn't know what he's going to do after the ufc yes he has a whiskey line but other than that i don't know much about connor mcgregor's uh like his professional portfolio what other things that he has out there besides the whiskey uh he has a ufc that's about it other than that he needs to create some controversy some way to keep his name buzzing and i believe with this whole thing with Khabib, he likes his negative publicity being the bad boy in the UFC. There's already had the UFC already had one bad boy, and it was Tito Ortiz. And Connor should know that you can't try to do that because let me tell you something: the UFC will only allow you to do but so much because the UFC is a publicly traded company. UFC is owned by some people, and I promise you, if they deem you not worthy, because Connor, you're losing a lot right now. They're going to deem you not worthy if you happen to, again, lose again because the UFC is going to allow you to fight one more time because you do have some name value still left to you. And if you lose bad again, I guarantee you, some way, somehow, it doesn't matter how many antics you make, how many times you do something else, UFC is not going to deal with you and they're going to say, yep, we're done with Conor. We're out of the Conor McGregor business. I guarantee you that's going to happen. And again, I respect Habib a lot, but that wouldn't be me. I will try to find Habib off. I will try to find Conor McGregor. I'll be trying to find him. I'm not even going to try to trip and lie to you. He would have got something. He would be getting something completely coming. All right? Now, off of 
McGregor and I want to get back to New York. Yes, New York, New York. You guys had, well, Cuomo situation this week. You had the mask mandates this week being told this and that. But you guys also had something that I was personally interested in watching. You guys had the versus battle between the locks and Dipset. And me listening to the Joe Button podcast, Joe Button, not Joe Rogan, Joe Button podcast, they were talking about the Dipset versus Locks battle uh, on yesterday's episode. And they went to complete, complete, like, they went to some big, big details about what they saw on the stage and all this and all that. You can listen to their podcast and you can hear about them break down that uh, incredible. Uh, versus battle me i'm just gonna be straight to the point and generic with it that battle was fire from one side of the point one side of the board locks were out there performing their butt off and everything else the mvp everybody in that watches that battle and everybody that had watched that battle everybody on twitter everybody on youtube i mean just everybody and everybody in hip-hop has decided that jada kiss of the locks was the mvp of that night and I'm just going to break down, and I'm just going to let you guys get a taste of what he said that really popped me, because I didn't watch the battle at first. I saw a clip on YouTube, and I already knew I was going to watch the battle later, but once I saw the clip, this clip, I I had to, like, I it made me, it made it a point. It made it a clear crystal point that, yo, you got to watch this. And I'm about to let you guys hear the clip right now. We in the Mecca of New York. It's D-Block, it's Dipset, right. turn the Why words on. don't know the words? Yo, Tech, let's make something happen. New York! Hots, turn the mic on, Hots! It's that time, motherfuckers! These niggas don't run like us! All praises, all burners, all raises. Hand down, nigga, the game is all jaded. Anything drop, I cop in all flavors. He's a dick, you pussy, y'all neighbors. <laughs> Hold on, we ain't playing with, this is New York, this what these niggas want, right? Oh, shit. I don't do Instagram, I don't do Twitter, I don't do none of that shit, let's go Tech. When I tell you, I saw that clip, I completely started buzzing out, again, I am not the biggest fan of music like that i get put on to music by my brother and then when i get put on then that started when that's when i started going down the rabbit hole but when i found out that the locks was going against dipset dipset or cameron joel santana and jim jones and i know dipset because of balling and their just whole the whole impact of cameron wearing the pink fur and just their whole aura that people have been putting on dipset for years, that's what I know about Dipset. The locks, I know Jaded Kiss, I know of Styles P and Chic, not so much. But I don't know a lot about both of their discography. I just know a ballin' for Jim Jones and the pink fur for Cameron. And the locks, I know Jaded Kiss for We Gonna Make It and uh I Get High by uh Styles P. Which, by the way, ballin' got played, I get high, got paid, got played, and also we gonna make it got played as well in the versus battle. Whenever this versus battle happened, it started up. You had Michael Buffer dog there. Michael Buffer was the ring announcer for this versus battle. Boxing royalty Hall of Fame announcer Michael Buffer. If he's not a Hall of Famer, which is nuts, I don't know. 
I'm not going to look back and do research into it. I'm just going to speak here. If he's not a Hall of Famer, he should be soon. But anyway, they had Michael Buffer announcing the locks in Dipset to do this versus battle, which already was big in its own right. But then when you saw the venue of people in there around that stage in the energy that you could just feel even from the screen as you're watching it you can tell that these were new york people whenever they whenever people talk about new york and the feeling that you get from new york that is the aura that you get by watching that battle that versus battle anybody that hasn't been to new york or you only go to like the tourist park new tourist part of new york like the uh times square and the statue of liberty the stuff that me and my brother and my mother did we I can only speak for myself. I didn't get that type of energy that I was that I wanted to look for. I didn't get the energy like, yo, you're going into New York the way that people talk about New York. I didn't get that whenever I would went there. And it's not because of my mother, it's not because of my brother. It was because of partially myself, because I saw things as only being trash because I wasn't getting that type of vibe that I wanted to get. But when I watched this versus battle, I got the vibe of, okay, this is New York. This is what people were talking about. That gritty, that grimy, that that feeling. And once you watch the versus battle, you'll understand that feeling, what I'm talking about. That's the feeling that I wanted to get when I went to New York. But I didn't happen to get it. But if you watch the versus battle, you'll understand the kind of feeling that you would get from New York. And whenever people talk about New York and as being that style of New York. But anyway, um, Sheik, a member of the Locks, uh, Sheik, he talked about how Diddy gave the Locks uh, advice before going into their versus battle, talking about to do freestyles, and that Dipset didn't come from the era of freestyles. Well, the Locks came from the era of freestyles, and that their freestyles will definitely be able to be a key point in their battle with Dipset. And you... We're able, once you see the battle, you'll see Jada Kiss doing some freestyles. And I'm still going to play that rest of that freestyle that I kind of cut off so I could talk for a minute. I'm going to still play the rest of it. But you get, whenever he plays the freestyle, whenever he does the freestyle, the New York audience is still rocking with Jada Kiss and everything else. And Cameron did negotiate the ballpark figures for what the locks and Dipset were beginning. She did tell Sway in the morning that Cameron was on his business stuff. He was give he was the one making like the okay, Dipset gets paid this much and the locks need this much. And apparently the locks were cool with it because she can she did say that Cameron did the business for the money talk. And Cameron knows his stuff. So Cameron was able to handle the money side for both sides of the group. Even though this is a versus battle. Cameron still handled the money side, even though Cameron is on Dipset and not the locks. He could have tried to undercut the locks if he wanted to, but this is New York, and these are guys are legends. They didn't want to undercut nobody. This is the type of respect that they have for each other. New York pride came together for this uh, battle. But anyway, long story short, this battle was good. It was good for the locks. It didn't look too good for Dipset. You'll understand why if you ever do watch it. Um, and I highly recommend you watching it. And also, Jadakiss, MVP of the Versus Battle. And without further ado, let me play you the rest of that freestyle right about now. This what I do, nigga. New York, make some motherfucking noise. 
is all burners, all raisins. Hand down, nigga, the game is all jaders. Some hot dropy popping all flavors. He's a dick, you pussy, y'all neighbors. Yeah, two extra whores. I'm in a new ass stick with two extra doors. With a quick flip, I don't try to stretch for more. 100% powder, extra raw. And I get it from Giuseppe, either him or the essays. I've been Talk smacking these rappers around for a decade. Still trying to get mommy to sock a melon leche. No, if I take her out, I can pop her the next day. Woo! Remember the vocals, MJ and the Pro Tools, antisocial. Bill Jack on the track, but I can't coach you. This is just audio and shit that I go through. Guns in the couch, money in the mattress, and I would have caught the Bentley, but I had to pay taxes. Settle for a polo fitting some air. Your flow's a light sprain, mine's is a fracture. Yeah, and the x-ray's negative. Use a coward in jail, you can never live. Yeah, you barely living out here. It's like I'm giving, you barely giving out air. Yeah. The reason you breathing is like I'm giving out air. I got stocks in the block, I'm giving out shares. I don't know you, you ain't familiar. I don't care who shot you, cause they ain't kill you. Bars the word play, I'm the son of a bitch. These niggas is decent, but ain't none of them. MTV, y'all know I'll punish the list. Niggas jury are fake and ain't none of them rich. Notice they keep watching them. No stopping them. V-neck, crush linen, sway, Louis moccasin. Won't dry up cause it don't buy up. Cashmere sweats with the Gucci tie-ups. Overlooking the city, my nigga, I'm high up. I can get your brain blowed out for five bucks. Always in the hood. That's cause I rep that. My perfect work good. Niggas already checked that. Probably just comfortable cause that's where I slept at. Desert is blue still. The 40s jet black. Fucking bars, nigga. Bars. I'm in war mode, nigga. It's New York. Let's stop playing with the people. Fucking shocking. Now I want to do a congratulatory uh, segment right here to Tamira Menzestock. She becomes the first black woman to win gold for Team USA in freestyle wrestling. And this is coming from CBSNews.com. Tamira Menzestock made history on Tuesday after she became the first black woman to win gold for Team USA in freestyle wrestling. Menzestock, who was seeded number one, defeated number two seed Nigeria's Blessing. I have no idea what her name is. I'm going to try my best here. Oberita Dudu, I believe that's her name. For the one in the women's 68-kilogram freestyle wrestling finals. In the final moments following her win, Menzestock raised her hands and made a heart shape before hugging her coaches. In a subsequent interview, the 28-year-old from Katy, Texas, professed her love for her country. It feels amazing, she said. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent the USA. She said the victory meant even more because of her father's heritage in Ghana, where her late father was from. Her father died in a car crash, coming home from one of her high school wrestling meets, according to a post from Team USA on her victory. He would have been the loudest one here, she said, through tears, adding that Ghana and Nigeria are rivals. He would be so proud. He would be so happy. She also spoke about the significance of young girls seeing her take the top prize. It means that they should that they see someone like themselves on that podium, showing them that they showing them that just because you're a female, it doesn't mean 
you can't accomplish the biggest goals, she said. Benzestock won the U.S. Olympic team trials ahead of the 2016 Rio Olympic Games, but the team, but the U.S. did not qualify in her weight class, so she participated in the games only as a training partner, according to the Team USA post. But she kept believing in herself and dominating the competition at the Tokyo Olympics. So I want to give a shout out to Mira Menzestock for winning uh, gold at the Olympics for freestyle wrestling. Again, I am a man that watches professional wrestling, and I should pay attention to a lot of amateur wrestling because recently. Amateur wrestlers are starting to come over into the professional wrestling side because I already got the amateur wrestling uh, portion packed down and they just got to work on the professional wrestling aspect. Yes, you can bring some of your amateur wrestling into professional wrestling and you can either do good or you can either be somewhere in the middle. I've never seen like a poor amateur wrestler not like transition over to professional wrestling uh, in some seat in some shape or form and actually be not decent. And Tamira already kind of said that she wants to see herself in WWE. She want, I will say if I was her, I would look into other alternatives, AKA like an AEW because WWE is really releasing a lot of people at this moment. And WWE kind of doesn't have like a real standard ground on what type of talent they want to keep and what type of talent they want to release. Cause at one moment they'll be there for one episode. And then the next week they'll literally be gone and, Without a blink of an eye, you have no idea why they were released. But anyway, getting back to it, I'm happy for Men's Stock to win uh, gold. She's the first black woman to win freestyle wrestling in the Olympics. Again, the Olympics is the best of the best of your country going against the best of the best of somebody else's country to see who is the best in the entire world for that particular sport or that particular course of what you're in. So again, Men's Stock, I'm happy for you. And this is coming from the whole My Two Cent Podcast operation. And we are all proud of you. Now it is time for me to apologize to you, the My Two Cents Podcast listeners. I was told by management that I should apologize for my reckless behavior last week. Whenever I was using a whole lot of profanity, I was told that that is not your character. Uh, management knows me. They know my character. They know that I am a civilized man. I They know that I don't uh, curse like this. But last week's episode, if you listened, and if you haven't listened, you will, if you happen to go back, you'll see how much profanity I did use. Um, I used a lot of profanity, and I was recommended by management that I should uh, mark, I should tone down my cursing. And I me and management had a little back and forth and management told me that you should apologize you shouldn't be using all that profanity you are professional you know how to do this you know what to do you know how to conduct business you shouldn't be using that type of profanity and get your point across without using all that profanity so i am here under management advisement to apologize and for me to you the listeners I would like to say I'm sorry for using that much profanity. However, I am not apologizing for using profanity. I am a human being at the end of the day. Yes, I am a professional human being, but still, I am a human being at the end of the day. I am still a mortal man. If you cut me, I bleed. I am a person that is passionate about what I say, and I mean what I say. Everything that I said last week, I meant. 
I meant every single word. I should have used better words. I should have used highly educated words. I should have used common words. And I believe profanity is common, but I should not have used as much profanity. But I'm not going to apologize for use profanity. I'm going to apologize for how much profanity I did use. You can look back at my past episodes. Whenever I use profanity, it is for necessary purposes for you to understand the gravity and understand the topics that are what I'm covering are really important topics. Those topics are stuff that you need to learn about. Those topics are things that you need to understand. Those topics are things that you need to have conversations with other people with. My body of work speaks for itself right now. Even the small body of work that I have right now that you guys can look back and listen to. I am a professional. You've seen me conduct myself as a professional. But whenever I do curse, it is for a purpose. And I told management that. So now I gave management what they wanted, an apology. And I am giving myself what I want. I'm giving you guys the truth about, yo, I am still a human being at the end of the day. I am a person. And you guys will hear profanity from me whenever the time comes. But I will make this promise to you right now. I will try to hold myself to not using as much profanity as I did last week. Sometimes it's going to happen because this is raw and unfiltered, straight up, just how it is. But I'm just going to try to keep myself level-headed whenever certain topics arise. And I will try to make sure that I do not cuss as much as I did last week. So again, I apologize for cussing as much as I did last week, but I am not apologizing for cussing at all. I am a human and I am a professional. And you guys can look back at my past episodes to hear me talk and be as professional as I have been. And last week's episode does not give, does not show me in the greatest of light and professional wise for professional companies to look at me. But I am a human being and I want everybody to understand the magnitude and gravity of everything and what I'm talking about. That is why as much profanity was laced into those topics last week. But again, I apologize for using as much profanity as I did use, but I'm not apologizing for using profanity at all. Again, I am a human being and I am a professional. You just gotta respect it. Now, before I let you guys out of here, let me give you guys my social media links where you can reach me at. On Twitter, it's at My2Podcast. Instagram, My2CentsPodcastG2. And email, My2CentsPod at Yahoo.com. Remember, this podcast is available on Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And also on Apple, they have this little thing called the star ratings. You can give me any star review that you think deems me that I have worked, that I am worth. You guys can give me some type of feedback on the episodes, on the reviews, or you can email me some type of uh, review that you guys can give me on things that can make this podcast better for the listeners. This podcast is all about me giving out my personal opinions on topics about things that people need to look at and really pay attention to and also that i want to educate you uh listeners on certain topics that have happened that just probably got swept underneath the rug under this whole mat this whole uh news in this whole world that we're all in right now so again relieve me some type of review or you can write send it off to me in my email and remember the two is not t-w-o or t-o-o you actually put the number two into all these uh social media links and remember to always wear your mask. You got to stay masked up. It doesn't matter what state you are. It doesn't matter what country you live in. Always mask up because we are still living in dangerous times. Even though right now it seems like we're in normal seat again because we're out and about. And people are in clubs. People are at festivals and every all this and all that. No, 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 no. 
COVID is still out here and we're about to enter flu season, ladies and gentlemen, and the kids are going right back to school and young adults and even adults are going right back into college and seeing each other in person to person. So I mean, Germ City is going to go around and be spread around and more or less gonna to come to your household. So again, wear your mask, wash your hands, do all the good stuff that you're supposed to do. Remember, yesterday was yesterday. I had an episode of Wrestling Highlights of the Week. If you watch, if you listen to professional wrestling, or even if you watch professional wrestling, you can listen to me talk about it from yesterday's uh, Wrestling Highlights of the Week. But if you don't, and you just like listen to uh, me talk about any news topics, remember I always upload my news topics on Sunday, and I talk about anything I want to talk about also on Sunday whenever news is failing. Uh, this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from this uh, lovely voice again. I love you all. Remember to have a good day and have a great uh, rest of your week. Power through the rest of the week. Come through like a champion. Play like a champion. Work as a champion. And I love you all. I want you guys to have a great rest of your day and a great week again. Wear your mask. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from this sweet, lovely voice again. And this has been my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. And I have been G2. And I will see you guys all next week. Bye bye now. I'm tired, you tired, uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.